Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my review of The Lament, The Quest, as well as The Weapon. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, any of the podcast platforms, you can always catch me live Monday through Friday at SNTRlive.com. And if you're looking for the uploads of these videos, the live channel doesn't have them, you can always go to SNTRvideos.com. One of the easiest ways to interact with this community if you miss the live Q&A is to go to SNTR Network and use the community Q&A form there. Make an account. We'd love to interact with you there. So the Lament Quest landed and the sword and all of this landed in the game after the raid. Okay? After the raid this thing shows up and a bunch of things changed on Europa. Now, I, you know, we're going we're gonna to walk through and talk about some other things in the coming days, in the coming episodes. The Exo challenges, the Europa changes, uh, just kind of the status of how the season feels right now. You know, we, we're, we're looking at all the different activities and trying to kind of parse out what exactly does each, you know, loot pursuit and cycle feel like but I actually wanted to specifically talk about this weapon because of how popular it is how loved it is and first thing we're going to actually do is I'm just going to walk through the quest and just kind of talk about and think through what quest should feel like and how this one went over we were talking about this this morning I was working on fragments for the stranger and there was a lot of tedious things that I have to do in strikes and strikes don't really have a whole lot of purpose right now. So I do feel everything is interconnected and this quest is is kind of no exception. We're also going to kind of discuss at the end of this video just what heavy weapons are doing in the game right now and how they feel. So the first thing you do is speak to Spa- you know speak to Banshee and then you scan 3 dead exos on Europa. The scanning of the dead exos that's always something that a lot of people are just going to run and use a YouTube video guide for. Uh, obviously, if you were kind of paying attention all throughout exploring Europa, you 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 found these things kind of laying all over the place, and that was kind of similar to periodically seeing those little—I uh, don't know what they're called—where you had to shoot them with the uh, with Salvation Script. It was kind of similar to that. As you've been exploring Europa, you might have seen them. Then you have to locate the giant Exo hidden in the Exo facility. Probably one of the better parts of the quest. Also, one of the coolest places in the game. It has a very Stanley Kubrick feel. I love the the EXO facility and the giant EXO. You know, the big old face, and you know, it's it's Clovis Bray. We get great lore here. There's a lot of cool lore and discoveries attached to this. Uh, you know, the it's been out long enough that I'm not probably going to be going to be spoiling anything for you by saying that. Then you defeat 100 Vex with swords and defeat 20 Minotaurs, Hydra, or Cyclops with sword final blows all on Europa. This one's fine. It makes sense. It's a sword-based, you know, quest. It is a sword, and that doesn't take that long anyway. Then you complete an Exo Challenge. The Exo Challenges are cool. They remind me of Ascendant Challenges. They're kind of jumping puzzle challenges. Uh, obviously, these are likely, I think, to rotate weekly. Uh, I'm not actually sure I was in the hospital uh, for the first week but there doesn't seem to be an actual you know particular loot grind attached to these I was hoping that after the raid exo challenges would usher in a new loot pool and a new loot pursuit given that there are only three loot pools at the current moment there's the raid loot pool Europa and then the Wrathborn hunts and that's it that does seem still pretty light for an expansion I know people are going to push back and say hey a lot of the weapons are really really good we got quality over quantity I still think some quantity is needed for an expansion and I do continue to feel this expansion fell short on the quantity markers the only reason I'm not beating them up about that is they did hit high marks on quality uh, after you do the exo challenge you defeat Vex with finishers with powerful enemies counting for more then you access the glassway strike and you locate the blade pieces within that 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 that's a stupid part of the quest it doesn't really tell you what to do all you got to do is beat the glassway strike and kill this thing at the end then you speak to banshee and you search eventide ruins for an abandoned bunker complete the mission reforging the past and then you speak to banshee one final time and this is when you find out that banshee was actually clovis and he you know lost his memory he'd been reset too many times and it seems like they might do more with that you know he said he was going to go down there and and talk to his old self or his new self or whatever Uh, you know so maybe they have long term plans of a story development there but as a quest goes for an ex- for an exotic, I actually thought this was a good quest. I it it, it wasn't super long or tedious. It had cool lore. It, it took you into really really cool places. Uh, I I really hope they use the exo facility for more stuff. Uh, it is really really a, it, one of the better uh, designed areas I think of the expansion, and uh, hopefully they have more plans. So let me just review the sword itself. 
I think it's great and obviously fun to have a super strong sword after Guillotine got nerfed. It does kind of feel like when they nerfed machine guns and then they introduced the Delirium, but I can get over that. Uh, It's also, I think, more fitting to have something being both exotic and mechanic-based for high damage. So this isn't as mindless as the Guillotine. Also, Guillotine was a legendary. So this is actually, I think, a little bit more sensible given that it is an exotic and you have to kind of finesse the timing and the revving and, and, and create and and making space and closing gaps I think more weapons like this would be good where you actually need to finesse the usage of the mechanic uh, uh, you know the the usage I'm sorry and the mechanic to maximize the damage I'm not sure how often I'm going to really want to use this on anti-barrier champions but because I've gotten good I'm not that great with it I'm sure other people are better I've gotten better at using it revving it knowing when to rev it to close the distance maximize the damage on the light light heavy swing you know using that on an anti-barrier champion maybe that becomes you know meta for people that are running you know grandmasters i don't know because closing space and getting close to enemies in grandmasters is generally uh, not encouraged it's it's generally uh you know frowned upon um and so i would say that 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 may not be how it shows up right now it's just showing up as a really really high Uh, DPS weapon for quick DPS. It's not necessarily a overtime DPS weapon. It's good for short bursts, and that obviously is super helpful in the raid. It's also good that this exotic I don't think is is overshadowing other swords. Uh, It might be exposing a heavy weapon vacancy in the legendary pool, but other swords still feel very, very good. I don't feel like they've completely obliterated swords, so if you take this off and throw on a uh, a legendary sword... Um, legendary swords still feel really, really nice in most content. Uh, I was using guillotine and I was using the, the raid sword. I got a nice roll on it and it still feels solid. It still feels nice. Obviously it's not optimum. You're not going to hit the same numbers, but they didn't completely gut, uh, legendary swords, which is nice because they've made some, uh, I think some builds and some aspects and fragments within stasis. That's really making a lot of us gravitate toward different exotics, uh, especially primaries like Monte Carlo. It's nice to switch to malfeasance as well, uh, as an example, and having that legendary weapon, uh, as a heavy is good which kind of leads me to my final thing that i would like to talk about which is heavy weapons in general both the lament and the eyes of tomorrow are showing that heavy weapons can be awesome and strong without the need to nerf other weapons or archetypes however these are both exotics which is limiting to your loadout so generally speaking that's always going to be that that dilemma and that problem we've had for the last couple of years that when an exotic heavy is so good and so strong it's really really difficult to switch to a legendary uh, exotic so it's great that these are awesome but the lack of legendary strength in rockets linear fusions and machine guns I think is something that should be addressed in future sandbox adjustments so right now if you're gonna run a legendary heavy you generally gravitating towards a grenade launcher or a sword uh, you know, machine guns and, and rockets and linear fusions when they're legendary at the moment just do not feel like they can even remotely do the job that they're intended to do. And so I do think that's creating somewhat of a vacancy in in our loadout options as far as having a lot of different choices and dynamic uh, you know ways to spec your character out it's been fun to run things like Malfeasance and Monte Carlo as well as some of the other uh, exotic weapons that are getting rotated in by people I do think Salvation's Grip is really taking a back seat right now I don't really enjoy using it doesn't feel like it has a purpose other than speeding up, you know, bounty and quest completions, if it wants me to get a bunch of stasis kills or stasis slow kills or whatever, it helps with, you know, bounties and quest completion. But Salvation's Grip, I do think, is getting kind of shoved into uh, the background just uh, a little bit. Some exotic primaries, I think, right now are really taking a, a center stage because of stasis builds. And I think more legendary heavy diversity to empower exotic dispersion in loadouts would be good. It would also be good for Bungie to just look at, in general, some of the other exotic primaries that just still probably aren't getting a whole lot of play. Because unless they synergize with stasis melee, and grenade uptime you generally aren't really going to gravitate toward them because they just kind of do the job there's a lot of great legendary primaries in the game right now uh 180s feel especially strong as well as the new 120s so 
I think we're on our way to really having a more well-rounded system of weapons, even though the quantity wasn't necessarily there in the expansion. My hope would be in the coming seasons, they can fill some of these gaps and vacancies and make some sandbox changes so we're not all running around with Eyes of Tomorrow and the Lament for literally all of year four. I actually don't have a huge problem with these weapons taking center stage for a while and always being kind of meta or, or being preferred, but there's a lot of other weapons and a lot of other exotics that we, we, we don't want to see completely overshadowed. So we're going to transition to Q&A. If you are a paying member uh, on YouTube or Patreon, you can submit questions in the live audience. So don't go anywhere for that. If you're listening elsewhere, you can always catch us live at sntrlive.com. And as always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that followed my review of The Lament, The Exotic Sword, and Destiny 2 Beyond Light. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, you can always catch me live at SNTRlive.com Monday through Friday. If you want all my content in one location, as well as a community Q&A tool you can use if you can't catch these live streams, you can interact with me in the community through community Q&A. Go to SNTRnetwork.com Make a login and use that community tool. We've got more things coming in January as well. So clap for you with the first question. With the storyline being the incredible theme to the season, do you believe, as I do, that the story quest is the best way to earn an exotic? (laughs) Terrible timing there. Just started the recording. I gotta sneeze. I mean, I have always addressed this type of question the same way. I believe there is a gamut or a spectrum of exotic delivery. Sometimes they're like, Welcome to the new season. Here's the Wither Horde. Sometimes they make you jump through a bunch of hoops like the Divinity or the Xenophage. And sometimes it's more story, quest, um, kind of checklist driven the way that it was for the Lament. And I actually don't think one way is preferable or best. I mean, I will say, I will say, I prefer this type but I don't know if the community prefers this type that's why I say I don't know if one's preferable I mean for you it might be preferable but I don't know if like the community at large is like oh it should always be like this or oh it should always be in a raid or a dungeon or it should require a puzzle to be solved or whatever or the the other version is like the whisper or the outbreak I don't know if we can ask for that every time either right I actually love that it's a unique mission. It's like a mini times dungeon. Really, really fun, especially if you jump in day one and you're trying to like really figure it out and be one of the first teams to complete it, even though there's no belt or you know no award. It still feels cool, right? But they obviously can't do that every single time that they put an exotic into the game. So I actually think that this style is the kind that I like with that in mind, with it, with it in my mind that they can't do Outbreak and Whisper every single time. Um, Outbreak and Whisper is probably the most fun and the most enjoyable as far as the content itself. And then this is probably the most sensible as far as what they can probably do on a regular basis and what makes the weapon feel sort of like, yes, I went, I found, I forged, I created it, I got cool lore and I got cool story. And then beneath this, um, or maybe even tied with this one would be like a Divinity and a Xenophage. Those, so those are probably the top three, right? Whisper Outbreak, Divinity Xenophage, and then these story-driven, lore-driven ones are probably the top three. Everything below that where, you know, it's a random drop like from a Lost Sector right now, or they just hand it to you at the beginning of the season like they did with the Shotgun or the Wither Horde. I mean, those are probably the least popular in the community um, well, I could be wrong, though. I mean, given the, the casual nature of a large portion of the player base, they may love it. They may love the fact that they can just get a cool new weapon and try it out without jumping through a thousand hoops. So they may also prefer this this style as well. I, I have never said that we have to do it the same way every time. I actually like the fact that there's some diversity. I think you'd get a little irritated if every single time they put an exotic in the game, you had to go through some formal quest lore checklist driven thing as opposed to some of the other ones that we've outlined. Torchwood with the next question. Do you think Bungie should approach a different way of making exotics relevant? Example, nerfing guillotine, but then releasing lament. And to add to that, creating a meta, a must-have weapon, otherwise teams won't let you on or won't do as well without it. This is one thing that always comes up. It's the Galahorn effect. It's the must-have Galahorn, you know, LFG 
exotic effect. I don't think Bungie legislates to this and says, well, we don't want to create a really great weapon because then LFG will require it. I think that's a bad way to determine how strong or good they make a given item. That will happen no matter what. And to be fair, the way that you basically set up loot pools and exotics and optimize damage, this is probably going to happen no matter what you do. Um, you know, must have guillotine, must have lament, must have Zeno, must have divinity, whatever, whatever. It's always a horse of a different color. There's always going to be this, hey, this is sort of the go-to item, go-to build, whatever, better make sure and have it. Just because the community does that does not mean Bungie should then play it safe and give us boring weapons or boring exotics so everything feels very homogenized and it doesn't matter what you go into the raid with. I think that's the the alternative here is far worse that there is no standout, there is no meta, there is no season of dominance where the lament shows up or this shows up. Now to the first half of your question, Guillotine needed to be nerfed for the same reason that the Ikelos shotgun needed nerfed. It's a legendary weapon that is dominating all damage structures in virtually every fight unless the boss cannot be sword spammed. So, you know, 90% of bosses can be sword spammed and Guillotine was outputting at an absurd rate of damage. It still is an amazing weapon, by the way. As far as legendary heavies go, Guillotine is still a great one. There is still a really, really solid weapon. And the the Lament obviously outshines it, and it should be because it's an exotic. But like I talked about in my video, I do think there is an absence and a vacancy of legendary hep- heavy weapon diversity. Uh, rockets don't get a lot of play, linear fusions don't get a lot of play, and machine guns. They're just sort of by the wayside. If you're not going to use Lament or... Say it another way. If you're not going to use an exotic heavy, Xenophage, Anarchy, Lament, you're probably going to use Guillotine or a Grenade Launcher, a Spike Grenade Launcher. That's generally where you're going to land, and that's it. As soon as you leave exotic heavies, there's essentially two choices, a Sword or a Grenade Launcher. That's basically where most folks are going to land. Legendary Rockets are trash. Legendary Machine Guns, people are like, oh, I use them for ad clear. I'm sure there's instances where that's helpful, but 90% of the content, I don't need help clearing ads. Uh, I can do that just fine with a good, a well-placed grenade in my primary. I can do that with, you know, if I put on Prometheus lens and the burn is right. Um, so they need to consider, that's kind of what I ended my video with. Man, this is awesome to have some standout exotic heavies, but you're doubling down on an existing problem we've always had in Destiny, and that is, man, it's really hard to put down this exotic heavy. There's literally nothing to replace it with. At least right now, you can. You can put down Lament and run Guillotine, and sure, if you're trying to one-phase, if you're trying to do do like a challenge as a team or something, you're probably not going to want to do that. But for a lot of the content, you're not going to be like, oh my gosh, this is so hard without the Lament. You can certainly swap out Lament for Guillotine, or really any good sword for that matter. Swords are just so dadgum strong right now. Um... Or, or you put on, uh, apparently Eyes of Tomorrow, people were saying, as a rocket launcher, is not as good as maybe people initially thought. So maybe rockets in general are just bad. Uh, but again, you're doubling down on an existing problem. The existing problem being that if you take off your exotic heavy, you feel like you're sort of hobbling your loadout. And that's unfortunate because Malfeasance feels really good right now because 180s are stellar. Uh, you know, you run something like the the Outbreak or um, what I was running earlier, Monte Carlo, to get that melee uptime. You know, those are really fun to run right now, especially if you can get some good uptime, you know, builds with Stasis. But then you know you're kind of hobbling your your loadout a little bit. Um, and and Wither Horde is good, but they you know they did kind of chop it back down to size. It was doing uh, way too much damage at the beginning of the expansion. Um, people that were going through the the campaign under leveled were all leaning on the Wither Horde and like, oh, Wither Horde makes these boss fights so easy. Well, it, it was it, something was busted about it. Um, Eyes of Tomorrow currently does fifty percent less damage on all bosses compared to all other enemy types. There's a thread on Reddit about it with footage. 
Now, here's what I'm curious about. Has anybody tested that is that a rocket launcher problem or an eyes of tomorrow problem i just wonder if there's a if there's a base level problem with rockets that is affecting the eyes of tomorrow did bungie do something in the past that is you know kind of messing stuff up yeah the thorn necrotics is a really really fun build that are people you know people are running right now and you want that legendary heavy diversity to make somebody feel like thorn necrotics is not this giant step down in their in their dps output or their heavy output um there should obviously be a sensed trade-off when you put the anarchy xeno or the laments away you should feel a slight trade-off but it shouldn't be as drastic as it presently is with some of the heavy weapon archetypes. Uh, thoughts on Lament versus a god roll falling guillotine. In my opinion, Lament does good in some areas like better DPS, but it falls behind in its ability to generate orbs like the guillotine can. I mean, this is where I think you'd probably want it to land it's a really really sharp tool for a particular thing and when you try to use it for something else it's going to lose its uh its endurance so it's great at you know slice it's not like a ginsu right where they take the ginsu knife and they slice a tomato and then they slice a pipe um no that that that's that's obviously an absurd thing that they do uh, you know anyway on the infomercials to sell the knives but that's actually a good example it's great at getting really really good quick slices on something but whenever it's time to like take down a tree no it's not going to be good at that it's going to run out of its, in, its its endurance is going to suffer it's a sprinter right this thing the lament is all about the sprint it's not about the marathon. So there are going to be other weapons and other instances where you might feel like, yeah, Lament's not really the go-to here because damage, you know, if a damage phase is longer and more extended and there's an opportunity to use Divinity, that's where Lament is going to get shelved. And I actually think that's okay because that gives it an identity as far as um, what it's what it's, what it's it's best at. And... Anarchy is, uh, I think, in a similar vein, right? Not all bosses are good for the anarchy switch to sniper, you know, thing, but it still is good in in the, in the boss fights where that was kind of meta for a while. Mister Han Brolo, how do you feel about Bungie moving exotic snipers back to the energy slot with Cloud Strike? I feel like this opens the door to having others potentially move there, especially something like the Darcy well I I don't necessarily have a strong opinion here other than that this could be a way to make up you know maybe when you go down to a legendary sword or a grenade launcher or something you can make some of that back up with Darcy whisper and cloud strike uh, I've always said that exotics need to be able to leave their lane if they're not a heavy weapon. The only way you're going to get me to shelve my god tier heavy damage weapon is if my other exotic gets to kind of like leave its lane. So Malfeasance and Thorn with Necrotic's Grip are getting to leave their lane. They're becoming so superior at things that a normal legendary primary is not superior at, especially when you start dumping Malfeasance into like a major uh, or a tanky enemy, you really feel the difference between Malfeasance and a legendary 180. And that's because it's getting to kind of leave its lane. Same thing with like Outbreak and then Cloud Strike being, you know, good for DPS in the right instances is another good example of, hey, this is, a, this is a special weapon. This is a green ammo weapon. But it's it's actually pretty decent at, uh, at, at, at dips. It's going to kind of leave its lane. I think that's allowed when it's an exotic. Ikelos shotgun was leaving its lane, but it was a legendary, and that was the problem. If Ikelos would have been an exotic... You wouldn't have had to. You wouldn't have had to nerf it. You'd have been like, no, that's totally fine. As soon as you equip it, it limits your loadout. It takes other exotics off the table, both with respect to primaries and heavies, and it's promoting a particular play style. The same thing's going to happen with Cloud Strike. The same thing's going to happen with Lament. Um, you know, um, 
it's just I, it's one of those things where uh, it's one of those things where you're 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 getting a benefit, but you're trading to get there. And I think, unfortunately, when I put on a legendary rocket or a legendary machine gun or a legendary or a linear fusion. I don't feel like I'm gaining anything. I feel like I'm trading so much and gaining and gaining almost nothing. I think that's one of the that's one of the major uh, issues right now on the on the heavy heavy side of the the sandbox and the weapon pool, especially in PVE. Rain the dark. Do you feel that the current weapon system is hurting weapon vacancies exponentially more than if we were using a D1 weapon system? Is sunsetting all those weapons proof that kinetic energy and power is restricting the game? This is obviously a softball if you know my hobby horse. I, I think the weapon system is ob- is stupid. Um, I think they've painted themselves into an unnecessary corner. Uh, I think all primaries should be in the primary slot. All of them should have an element uh, I don't think they should have their critical damage lowered because they have an element on them, and uh, I think it should be primary, secondary, heavy. Now, for those that want to run double primary, you know, l- allow people to still do that. In PvE, I think you should be able to have two primaries, a special, and a heavy, uh, because I think that adds a lot of uh, depth and diversity to how we build and how we, you know, uh, load ourselves out especially with respect to champions. You could run two primaries, each with a different champion mod, and then you could, you know, swap between the two, and then that would enable them to, you know, have an excuse to put more champions uh, in the game, as opposed to what they're doing now. Uh, I, I, yeah, I think I think a four-gun system would work in PvE. I think you'd have to disable double primary in PvP. I, I don't think that that would work. Now, some people like running double primary in PvP, so I'm not sure how to, how to approach that. Um... But yeah, I think four weapons. Um, I think go back to the D1 weapon system and evolve it. Evolve it to um, you can use two primaries. That would be the true evolution where we're not going to take away the idea of what D2 brought, but we're going we're gonna to go back to a system that's more sensible. This is so helpful with vacancies, by the way, because then... I could grind for that 180 hand cannon from the raid. I could grind for three versions of it so I had one of every element. You could do that with every primary, basically, that you're kind of drawn to. You would want to get three good versions and get all three different elements on them, and then that helps with vacancies. Oh, man, I really can't get a good void hand cannon right now. That's not a statement that could be said in, in, in my system. Um... I don't know. I bang on this drum at least once a month, maybe once a week, and I I do think that the current weapon system has painted them to a, into a corner where combined with sunsetting and their limited bandwidth of being able to only add roughly 30 some weapons every season, um I think I think they're going to run into a problem. Now someone's like my vault's crying for more space. I think the the, the way to alleviate that is to create a collection system that becomes your vault where you store a roll um, and so a lot of the things you're holding on to you would just store them in collections and your vault would immediately get cleaned up um, um, I don't know I, I just think at the present time they've got good ideas about cool weapons but the weapon system itself is is just shackling them and I think, like I said, I pictured as them being painted into a corner. They've 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 started painting, and all of a sudden they've backed up into this corner where they're like, uh, "We have too many things converging on us. We have sunsetting. We have a limited bandwidth of how many guns we can add. We have limited archetypes. Oh, and we went to this stupid convoluted system of having kinetic energy and and power weapons." And so you can have like a kinetic sniper and an energy hand cannon, and it's just creating all these unnecessary vacancies um, that that would be alleviated by going to the system I'm talking about. Like they get more capital out of their thirty-something guns that they add in a season. They get way more capital out of my system. They get way less capital out of their system. Their system is shortchanging their own work. And that, I think, is one of the main reasons to change 
uh, with what they're with what they're doing. Vendetta off topic, but do you like what Bungie did by introducing necrotic grips? Essentially, it made an exotic primary that was not really used in PVE, but a pretty good mob control weapon. Is there a good way for Bungie to bring life to exotic primaries? There's a handful of other options we haven't really uh, discussed. I know you're saying I already answered your question. Um, I don't know if this is always the answer. Personally, I think this has more to do with hinting at a poison subclass that we'll be getting in Witch Queen. That's that's what I think is happening. I think the Wither Horde is hinting at a blighted subclass that we'll get from the Drifter in Lightfall. And I think necrotic necrotic grips or grasps or whatever they're called. I think necrotic with thorn is hinting at a poison subclass we'll be getting in Witch Queen. I actually think that's more of what's happening than anything. How do you suddenly make Suros Regime worth using or Huckleberry or any of these? Now, obviously, that, since we can put champion mods on our on our gauntlets now, that's helping a little bit, but it ain't helping enough. I continue to think, imagine what they're doing right now that seems either accidental or intentional or we don't know what the heck's happening with the Eyes of Tomorrow rocket launcher. There's a nice picture of it. The Eyes of Tomorrow rocket launcher, for whatever the frick reason, is getting a 50% damage nerf. It's doing 50% damage less on bosses. Okay? Imagine if you would reverse that for exotic primaries in all endgame content. Okay? And this is where we need difficulty spectrum. This is where we need contest modifier to show up as an option for raids. So if I turn on contest modifier or I go into a legendary lost sector or I run a master uh, master nightfall or higher, exotic primaries should get a buff in those environments. I think it's you, you call it exotic small arms. Exotic small arms should be active in anything at that level. Master nightfalls and above contest modifier raids a hard mode raid right a hard mode dungeon and legendary law sectors i think you give them a buff in those environments because that's the in my mind that's the only way you're going to get an exotic primary that isn't the malfeasance of the thorn right now to truly start to stand out in content where trash ads start to be really really beefy because I can take those environments really really slow with a 120 hand cannon with explosive rounds and it's going to do just fine right it's going to do just fine it's going to do it's going to hit hard it's going to it's going to pop heads it's going to take care of trash ads for me but if I take that off and I put on mouth and I immediately feel a difference in how strong Malfeasance is because I'm going into Zen game content. That to me is the only way you make exotic primaries stand out, you know, head and shoulders above a legendary uh, primary. The only way to do it, think about it, track with me on the logic here. The only way to do it is to go into an environment where trash ads are a problem. Does that make sense? The only way to do it is to go into an environment where trash ads become a problem. If you go into an area where trash ads are suddenly a pain point and a problem, you give exotics a place to shine by giving them a buff in that environment. That's Master Nightfalls and above. That's a contest modifier or a hard mode raid. That's a legendary lost sector. Whenever I leave those environments, I can run a Monte Carlo or a Mouth just for fun. Who gives a frick? I'm running lost sectors and strikes in public space content. No one really cares, right? My only argument to this is Risk Runner, uh, so it's not a very strong argument. Right, you do, JK, I, I will not disagree. You have standouts. I'll call them contextual standouts because Risk Runner is only good in an environment where you're going to be getting shot by Ark, and currently that's a lot of the environments that you might be taking into, specifically probably the Legendary Lost Sectors because there's a lot of Fallen, and then you got the Exploder Vex. But, I mean, outside of outside of that, I, I uh, and I think you're conceding, it's not, the, it's not a super strong argument. So, like, that would be... Um, that would be my recommendation. Um, I don't know what you put. You said, did you find the three exos on your own or with YouTube help? I found one on my own and I'm struggling to find the other two. Oh, you put two dot LOL. Nightbot read that as a, because there's a period between two things like a dot com. So, Coyote with the next question. Is the Lament just good because it works fundamentally different from other swords with the sword energy not being important for heavy damage? It's, I think it's good for a handful of reasons. The main one being 
we have at least one boss fight that is 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 built around doing uh, a ton of damage in a short window. You know, the, the the replication boss, I think, is really what turned a lot of people on to how strong Lament was because it does so much damage in that short little window. And that short little window is, um, is so, so important in that particular fight because the boss disappears so fast. I mean, the, 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 the boss disappears so fast that you, you, you end up glitching the damage and then they heal. I mean, it, 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 they literally take damage away from you because the, the boss can't get out of the can't get out fast enough i know people are like oh it's fine uh, it doesn't do it anymore no it still does it you're just not seeing it because maybe there's a little bit less lag now maybe maybe you're maybe maybe you're just accustomed to it or something um but yeah it uh it's 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 not it's still doing it in that fight and that's why the sword kind of showed up as being so strong because it's so good at uh, at burst damage soon as you're not in an environment where you want burst damage lament kind of falls off the table which is good i mean you kind of want it to be that way um no no no. eyes of tomorrow is not getting nerfed eyes of tomorrow for some strange reason does 50 percent less damage to bosses and no one really knows why so and a painter with Bungie finally showing some S tier ideas going into all exotic weapons and gear this expansion in season of arrivals how do you feel about not only exotic quality but quest quality going forward um I think quest quality and what we're doing right now is better but it ain't perfect I was doing something today for the stranger where I still think one of the dilemmas that they're running into is that the fundamental sort of foundational pieces of the game are still kind of bad. Or maybe not bad. Maybe not bad. I think they are... They're old and not relevant. So when it's like, hey, go into strikes and kill enemies with stasis or kill slowed enemies, I'm like... I don't want to. There's no reason to go run strikes. The frick, man. I don't want to go in there. If if I went and ran strikes, and while I was running strikes, there was a cool loot pool in strikes that I could get, or I'm leveling up Zavala, which maybe makes the strike grind better as the season progresses, now I have what I call a subtext grind going on. My example that I've always used is when I was grinding Nightfalls for exotics the one season, I was trying to get some god roll helmets for my Hunter and my Titan. When I finished, I had so much of the currency and Ascendant Shards and the uh, Enhancement Prisms. That to me was the subtext grind. Even, so while I was chasing the exotic, I was also getting something else. So if you're going to send me into strikes to get a bunch of stasis kills, then... then I need something else going on in strikes I need to why else am I going in there other than to check that other than to check that box um it's it's one of those it's it's I don't know one of those things that if I don't know as as far as how they as far as how they structure the content right now I just feel like I'm constantly getting looped through content that doesn't matter and I don't think it takes that much to make it matter it really doesn't it doesn't take that much to make strikes matter it really really doesn't a handful of weapons and a rank with Zavala same thing with Crucible same thing with Gambit come on there's a base level rank with those NPCs you can reset seasonally. Make them look like an obelisk. Make them look like Varix for frick's sake, you know? If 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 Varix can come into the game and have bounties and sabotages and direct loot grind, then you could do that maybe in a smaller way for Zavala, Shax, and Drifter. And then all you do is you reset that every season and add a couple of pieces of gear, add a couple of guns. That's all you got to do. Um, I, and I know people are like, you know, Ashen saying they can't make that many weapons. It seems that their bandwidth has got them in a place where they can chunk out about 25 to 30 plus weapons every season. Okay. Find a way 
to increase that if you can. At the absolute very least, bare minimum, go back and create base, good, decent standard rolls for all the static roll crap from year one, right? Like, that's all you gotta do. You take a couple of Shax weapons, you take a couple of Vanguard weapons, for frick's sake, reissue some of the stuff maybe from Reckoning or Gambit and update those pools and make them make them have some cool combinations, right? I, I, I don't know. Every season, uh, Dawn arrivals and Worthy were all hovering in the mid twenties on 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 the amount of guns that they added. I'm pretty I'm pretty I'm pretty sure. Somewhere in that ballpark. Uh, Bada, do you think we need more viable legendary heavy weapons uh, and or do they need to tweak ammo economy to make them better for them right now swords shine far above everything else if I'm not running an exotic heavy I feel like there's not much value in the slot unless I'm running a sword yeah, grenade launchers are still really strong especially if you get spike um, and, you're, and you're good at hitting your shots um, yeah, I mean, I addressed this in the video, so this question was probably submitted before you heard that section. Basically, the idea that machine guns, rockets, and linear fusions are just nowhere on the, on the battlefield. Linear fusions feel like freaking snipers, you know, and with the right roll, they're not terrible. If you get, you know, rapid hit, line in the sand, uh, no, rapid hit, firing line, you know, you stand in a group or whatever, but that's so contextually and player dependent. Uh, it's contextual and player dependent. Um, and I think machine guns are fine if you're in an environment where you like to clear ads. But other than that, I just, I just feel like they're so freaking weak against bosses in comparison. I don't feel like the trade-off on machine guns makes sense. I can use a grenade launcher or 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 a sword and get good damage against this boss. When I switch to a machine gun, I know that I'm not going to get good damage against the boss. And what do I get? Good ad clear that in most cases I don't freaking need. Like, I just, I don't know. Um, I understand maybe if you're going to like a Grandmaster, a machine gun can be helpful with some of the tankier majors or some of the tankier red bars. But that just seems so backwards. I don't know. Um, Gillian the Mist. What is your opinion on Eyes of Tomorrow not having any drop protection and no ability to get it after the first run each week? Seems like Bungie ignored everything we said about 1K and Anarchy. I see this as especially bad as we know Bungie can do it like with the Anarchy last season but choose not to. You have to understand something. The the exotic, they're going to get like a, like a hair, I can like see it. They're going to get a whole lot more capital out of the exotic if they wait to pull the trigger on that if they wait a month to be like hey we added um we we added some drop rate protection now you know well then everybody celebrates and everybody goes and runs the raid it's kind of like if you become accustomed to it and they always do it you don't really celebrate it as much you might be like well this sucks I'm not getting it and they said there's drop rate protection on if they launch it, it's rare, it's Sasquatch, it's Unicorn, nobody's getting it, nobody's seeing it, you know? And then you and 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 then you up the drop rate or you put in drop rate protection. Well then people celebrate it and people go diving into the raid. You know? What gaming classes company did you have a partnership with? Uh what is the name of the company? I always want to say it the wrong way. It was a gamer gamer advantage. Yeah, gamer advantage. I still wear them. They're they're great. It's a great product. Um, so yeah, I uh, I think that I I do think they need to maybe do something a little bit um with drop rate, but they're probably gonna wait to do it. You know what I mean? It just came out. They like that idea of that first month it being really rare. And then they'll probably look at it and say, it looks like maybe we need drop rate protection of this percentage point after this many runs, and then they'll push that update out. If they even come to that conclusion, you know? Uh, Gilly. Uh, oh, same question, sorry. 
Clickfire says, What if Bungie had two versions of the weapon, one legendary, one exotic, and the legendary version was less grindy and the exotic was more of a slug to get? I don't like this idea at all. I feel like exotics in Destiny traditionally uh, have always had like their own identity and their own thing and kind of like the lament, they're attached to lore. I don't like this idea of, you know, you take a jewel off of it or a perk off of it and suddenly it's a legendary. Um, I think this idea sounds good on paper, but in practice, I don't I don't think I like this. I can see why people would like this. Um, because you could say, hey, you can use that lament, uh, but it's a legendary and so you don't get the wind-up perk and it's more of just like a legendary sword and, you know, it kind of looks cool. And uh, now that frees up your, you know, your loot pool or whatever. Um, Polaris Lance has a legendary version. I mean, those don't count, though. Those don't count. You're, you, you can't, like, unless, I guess if you save it, sure. But it's not something you can, like, do. You're not like, oh, my Polaris Lance is equipped. Let me switch it to a legendary. No, it, you, it's you switching to it. It's like switching to the rose. You're switching to a stepping stone that you kept as a collector's item. Like it's not, it's not built in to the gun itself. Where if it's equipped, you can go down. Um, the necrochasm was the same way, and, and you couldn't, you couldn't do that either. Uh, you could keep it right, and 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 I guess keep it as a collector's item and keep using it. But it's not a, it's not an actual uh, system in the game. As a system. I wouldn't want it. Pointing to a couple examples where we build a gun and there's a legendary along the way isn't really an argument. I mean, I I I I think exotics, it, you know, should be that's it. That's the exotic, and taking it down a peg so that I can keep using it, but it becomes a legendary. I don't necessarily know if that's the if that's the right route to go. I think the better answer is you know, make sure that there aren't legendary archetypes that are just completely and utterly ignored, like a rocket launcher or a linear fusion. I, I, I think that's the solution to what you're saying here. Oh, let me put my lament away. And actually this encounter is kind of distance, kind of range based. Let me put on my linear fusion because it's good. It's not trash. You can't say that right now. You, you don't have that pivot as an option. I mean, in general, if, like, let's say you really, 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 really want to run an exotic hand cannon. There are some great options. And when you switch from your exotic hand cannon, guess what? There are plenty of primaries that feel great right now. A 120, a 180, a 140. All those hand cannon archetypes are great. Scouts feel good. Auto rifles feel good. Pulse rifles feel good. Do you see what I'm saying? You don't suddenly put away the exotic, you know, hand cannon. You're like, well... Half these primaries are terrible. That's true on heavy weapons. You're like, let me put down my exotic heavy. What will I use? Sword or a grenade launcher. Most of the time. There might be instances like people were giving examples of maybe a machine gun showing up. But for the most part, you know, nine times out of ten, no, you're going to grab that sword or you're going to grab that grenade launcher. And then that's the end of the discussion. So you need to be able to put down your exotic heavy and say... Could I use a rocket or a linear fusion here? I even think machine guns need some help against bosses in general. I, I don't really think, you know, maybe lower maybe lower their damage or maybe create two types of machine gun, um, light machine gun and heavy machine gun, and they're both in the heavy slot, but the heavy machine gun would have lower dam- lower reserves uh, but higher damage output against bosses, and then the light machine guns would have higher reserves but wouldn't re- be really built for the boss damage. I, could, I think within the archetype of machine gun, you could maybe create some diversity there that would be a little bit more sensible as a heavy weapon. Um, and then rockets are just awful, so they, there's there's got to be a way to, to raise them out of the gutter. And the, the other problem is, quantitatively, there just aren't a lot of heavies in the game, truth be told. If you go to your weapons, and you go to heavy, and you're, you're, not, and you're in the legendary menu, you're not in the, the collections for exotics, it's like, my goodness, there, I think there are as many exotic heavies as there are almost, almost of, uh, of legendary heavies. If you count up all the legendary heavies that you can actually infuse past sunset, 
I think there might be more exotic heavies <laughs> right now. I don't know. That's just a guess. Um, like a legendary Zeno, yeah, something like that. Like a Zeno, but but not the Zeno. But you get my point. Yes, it's slow shooting, lower reserves, and then a light machine gun's more like the Delirium. You know, higher reserves, higher fire rate. One has a job. And then the other clearly has a job, something like that. I, uh, um, I, th- I think that would be good. So, Ashen Hollow. Do you think Bungie leans too much on being their own villains? A good example of this are the weapon vacancies. Community complains that we don't have a void hand cannon. Bungie just throws us a bone, and the community seems to eat it up. They can paint themselves as heroes. Well, I mean, listen. I don't think this is as sinister as sometimes people make it, but yes, I have always said Bungie loves to fill their own vacancies, the ones that they make. They're like, oh no, we did this thing, and uh, yeah, there's this huge problem and vacancy in the loot pool. Here you go, guys, and we're like, yay, thank you, Bungie. It would be like your mom regularly forgetting to pack you something in your lunch and being like, oh no. I forgot to pack you a sandwich again. And then she shows up with your 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 not favorite sandwich from Subway and you're like, oh, this is awesome. You know, it feels way better because it's like, oh my gosh, mom forgot my sandwich again. And then she brings it and you celebrate something that maybe not even be that great. But, and with Bungie, it's a similar thing. I, Epic does it with Fortnite. They create a problem, they fix the problem, and people throw confetti in the air. It's like a magic spell where we're like, we get all our pitchforks out, we're like, Grar! and they're like, Woof, and they wave a magic wand and all of a sudden the pitchfork turns into confetti and we're like yay it's like it, it, we've been doing that for five years this stinks Bungie whoop, whoop, whoop. They, they wave the magic wand and all of a sudden we're celebrating and throwing a party um, I don't necessarily think it's this sinister plot of let's manipulate the player base and break something only to fix it later um you know, like a handyman comes into your home and he keeps breaking stuff secretly so that in a week you're like, oh man, you were just here, Hank, and now the water heater's broke. And he's like, is it? And he's the one that broke it. I don't think it's like that. I, I just think that naturally, I think games ebb and flow they make a change they try something they add something they nerf something they remove something we respond positively or negatively and then they're like oh yeah people don't really like the vacancy in that loot pool let's fix that um or oh people don't really like the fact that we we nerf this weapon let's buff that let's bring that back up uh that you know that's been too weak for for uh for too long uh so you know i uh, it, yes, I believe this is a symptom of the last five years with this franchise. This fran- Well, six years, I guess. Um, you know, the last six years of the franchise, this is a symptom. I don't believe it's this sinister plot where they're constantly doing it on purpose. I also think there is something to be said for, you know, turning up knob seven and turning down knob two. And we're like, oh, this sounds different. This feels different. This feels fresh and new. And then they 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 do it again a couple seasons later. Like they're the the meta being, you know, shifting and moving. If you would have told us a couple of years ago that swords would be an end game DPS meta weapon, you would have been like what are swords do you see so it's like they love to do that and then in a year swords will probably be back in the bin again and we'll be like well yeah they they suck again um so you know i i I would say the rotating season of dominance for certain archetypes weapon types dps optimum dps builds etc i think it's totally fine we went from uh, using spike grenade launchers that were void with a tractor cannon to using Izanagi's to using um, I'm trying to think of all the different things we've done with these to using Whisper to using 1K to using Anarchy to now we're using swords like if you really zoom out on it you really start to see the 
the lazy Susan that they just keep spinning in front of you and you're at the table and you're like oh my gosh meatballs and then they spin it and you're like oh my gosh breadsticks like that's what we're doing we do it all the time and people are like man it was so fun to melt bosses with Izanagi's Bungie you suck and then like a month later we're all using something else we're like this is great look how strong we are and then they'll they'll do it again and then they'll they'll do it again and do you want to know why they do this because there really isn't another choice if every single heavy weapon is essentially interchangeable and essentially the same with respect to optimum DPS, it's a, it's all homogenized. You can use your Sleeper, you can use your Eye of Tomorrow or your Lament. They're all neck and neck. They're all tied. Well, then... You, uh, I, th- that's good and bad, right? Well, that empowers the player to play the way that they want instead of feeling pigeonholed into one particular meta. Okay. Okay, but aren't you going to get bored? Clamoring to what the new hotness is, clamoring to what the new Goliath on the battlefield is, I kind of think we like it even though we complain about it. I it's it's somewhat part and parcel to these types of games anyway. Meta gaming is unavoidable to be, I I think to be quite honest. I just think it's kind of unavoidable. Someone's gonna squeeze the right lemon giggity. You're gonna squeeze the right lemon be like, you get the most out of this build. And you're gonna be like, let's do that. And then six months later, it's something else. You know? Yeah. Is is one better than another? Uh, that's probably up for debate. More than likely, I think the research from games like Fortnite and games like Destiny that have been so long-standing, I think the research points to seasons of dominance and sandbox that are kind of they're, the sandbox that shift like like a pendulum. As long as the pendulum swing doesn't make you seasick, I think it works. I think it gives the 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 semblance and the the experience of fresh and new and they get away with they they get away with it because eventually you get the new hot thing and it feels awesome I think eventually you'd get burned out you'd be like well yeah it's just another rocket launcher rockets have been good for a really long time along with linear fusions grenade launchers machine guns I can use whatever the frick I want it doesn't really matter do you remember in in D2 vanilla double primary primaries were so interchangeable and so boring you could play content with a blue and it didn't freaking matter you were like nothing really stands out i can go in to a raid with a botheration shotgun uh well no at the time actually it was double primary i can go into a raid with two blue primaries and that what was that freaking blue uh rocket launcher cup of cup of noodles i freaking forget the name of it cup bearer um and you didn't see a difference in your damage you were like there's no difference here i can come in here with a rocket so as soon as the loot pool was homogenized and bland and flat to where your build and my build whether you could run a sins of the past and i could run a cup bearer and the guy next to you could run the vanguard one which was the dad gum I'm so mad at myself. We could all run. We could all run a different rocket launcher, and it you didn't really notice a difference. They were they were almost interchangeable, and you don't want to. I don't think you want to be in that world because then uh, curtain call. Thank you, curtain call, cupbearer, and sins of the past were largely interchangeable. So. You know what I'm saying? I, it, 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 where we are now, you have all-stars, right? This is one of the reasons why I think certain sports don't do that well in America. Uh, for example, I think that's one of the reasons that soccer struggles in America. We are accustomed to MVPs and all-stars. We're accustomed to Daryl Strawberries and Don Mattingly's and Michael Jordan and Bo Jackson. Like, the standout all-star MVP player. Oh, you know. And I think the weapon pool is very similar. It's nice every three or four months to be like, what is the Bo Bo Jackson in Destiny right now? Right? What is the Michael Jordan? As opposed to everything kind of feeling samey. 
which is what D2 year one kind of was. So that's my best defense of their approach to a constant sort of pendulum swing of season of dominance within the metagaming of destiny as opposed to the alternative which I actually think we've already experienced and we largely ignored um so I am dating myself a little bit with Daryl Strawberry and Don Mattingly I didn't go all the way back to Babe Ruth okay so cut me some slack um (laughs) <laughs> so that's a good Q&A we're going to jump in and probably do some raids here uh, in a moment with the community so stick around if you've not seen the raid yet maybe we'll see some of the eyes of tomorrow rockets show up if you're listening to the recording you can always catch us live at sntrlive.com and as always please like share and subscribe <laughs>